Welcome to Propel, a podcast by Fellowship Pacific to propel you and your ministry forward in the mission God has for you. I'm your host, Jessica Powell, and in this week's episode, we're discussing a question that has been running through a lot of our minds these days as we think about the future. See, we're excited to actually be able to think about relaunching all our in-person ministries, but also wondering, how are we going to fill all those serving roles that are about to suddenly open up? In this episode, Elizabeth Faulkner from our leadership development team sat down with Paul Olson, executive pastor at Southridge Church, to talk about how churches can start preparing now to re-engage our congregations in serving. You'll get to hear them discuss what the potential obstacles are, as well as the exciting opportunities that exist for the post-COVID church when it comes to our ministries and the people who serve in them. So let's get to it. Here's Elizabeth's conversation with Paul Olson. Welcome to the Propel podcast. I'm honored today to be here with Paul Olson, who's the executive pastor at Southridge Fellowship in Langley. And we're going to be talking about volunteers after COVID. Today, we're going to talk about the concerns, opportunities, and strategies for filling volunteer roles after COVID. And as a former children's ministry director, preteen ministry leader, finding volunteers after this much time away actually strikes a little fear in my heart, even though I'm not doing that anymore. So maybe some of you listening are experiencing that. On the other hand, the opportunity to start new with a clean slate could be exciting, challenging, and inspiring, and maybe even causing us to trust God in a way that we never have had to do before. As we record this podcast, it is the Friday before the May long weekend, and we've heard hints of changes coming in BC to restrictions. Preparing for actual in-person church seems, seems more and more an actual reality. If you're not already, by the time you listen to this, you will probably, probably be in the thick of re-engaging volunteers in ministry. We're, we've invited Paul here to chat about some of his ideas of how him and his staff are charting a path forward to engage people again in service and mission. So Paul, why don't you tell us a little about yourself, your church, and anything else you want to share with us. Your family. Make sure to mention your awesome family. <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth. It's a, pri a privilege to be with you sharing on this topic for sure. Um, well, I've been married 27 years to a beautiful lady named Julie, and uh, we have five children. Uh, and so, you know, this, uh, this time of lockdown, when I have five kids all living at home, still ranging in age from 13 to 24, uh, has been <laughs> testing at, at best. And then we actually had, uh, accomplished an having one more person, which is my girlfriend, which is my daughter's boyfriend coming on, living with us as well. So it's been, there's been a, a full house for a long period of time. And I don't think I can find any place where I can call my own. And so it's been, it's been challenging, but, but been great being able to live with my, my kids. Uh, we just recently started here two and a half years ago at Southridge and it's been a, a great ministry experience, but wow, what a, what a change, you know, if, the first two and a half years have been a variety of different things taking place. Never, not one year has been where it's been what we would consider normal, uh, and especially in this last year and a half. So it's been uh, it's been really hard and yet really exciting at the same time. Much like what you had said, Elizabeth. 
So uh, one of the things I just love about uh, Southridge is the desire to try new things, the desire to even have those conversations. Uh, I think we have been stretched at best to start asking some of the questions that uh, COVID has really caused us to think through. And out of that, I think has come some really great things. Um, we've tried some things that haven't worked, uh, but at least we've tried them. And I think you know, we've learned about what it means to pivot to what it means to work through some of these things uh, in such a way that we can engage our community better. So I think we've come out of this learning an awful lot about uh, what this new church is going to look like uh, post-COVID for sure. Yeah, I've, I'm hearing that a lot, right? That people have just yeah. rediscovered, I don't know, what they're really about, right? And what they want their main thing to be in their church that that's been that conversation circling around over this last year and a half so uh it's interesting right it's exciting yeah, it uh to think about moving forward knowing what we're really centered around and so right. uh i think that's exciting um yeah. but we're gonna we're talking about and you know what your family is awesome i love your family uh <laughs> those of them that i've gotten to know and I really can't imagine I, you know, living in your situation with that many people, like seriously, you must come to work like for a vacation almost. Well, Elizabeth, I, yeah. when we bought, we originally, when we started here at Southridge, I was still living in Maple Ridge in a five bedroom home and 2,500 square feet, yeah. all of this. And when we moved to Langley, we did so in the midst of COVID uh, in September of 2020. And we downsized somewhat. We're now in a four-bedroom home, in a smaller home. And, you know, at that point, we had two children not living with us or not planning on living with us. And, you know, now they all came back. So it's, <laughs> it's a bit different, but yeah. it's all good. You know, this is my zoo and I'm the zookeeper and I'm happy to be able to do that. And I'm loving my family an awful lot. And, but looking forward to some freedom a little bit more as we come out of COVID a little bit more, for sure. Yeah, you're the zookeeper. I'm, I'm sure your kids love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they love that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're here to talk about volunteering and serving. And I mean, you have a long history of serving in the church in all different areas. I remember when I first met you, I can re actually recall uh, the day I met you when you were at Burnett and I came to do a children's, some kind of children's ministry gathering oh, yes. yep. that you had organized. And so, um, yeah, you have been serving in the church for a long time. And so you, yep. I think you're pretty much an expert on uh, volunteering <laughs> and serving. Um, but how have you seen people serving during, during COVID? And what has affected that? Why or why or why not? people serving and, you know, maybe even get into like, how has that affected people positively or negatively um, in terms sure. of how that's been? Yeah, great question. I, I think, first off, let me talk about the people that I've seen serve during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there have been the, the really committed people in our church that have just continued to serve. And if we haven't given them something to serve in, they've tried to find some ways to serve because the church is such an important part of their life. Mm. And, uh, you know, from community group leaders to ministry leaders to uh, project leaders, staff and church leadership, they've all continued to serve during COVID. Now it's looked different. And we've had to try to change some things. You know, I remember when COVID first hit, everything shut down, right? Because we thought it was only going to be about two weeks. 
or maybe three weeks, maybe a month at max. And we could do that. Um, I think if you told me back then that it was going to last a year and a half or more, uh, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have thought there's no way we could do this for a year and a half. Um, but, I, but I think some of the people that have really stuck to it, that have really worked hard at caring for the people, that have really worked hard at connecting with people, I think serving looked different, right? Serving was beyond uh, volunteering to complete a project to really serving to connect with people and finding ways to engage their friends or their people that they've done life with, right? Um, online community is hard. It, it is hard at best. So community group leaders, some of them have persevered and pressed in. Like we meet almost weekly with our community group. And most of the group, they just don't want to do that, right? They just don't. And I try to say, yes, but we need to see you. We need to be there. And so it's been challenging at best for sure. But I, I think in the midst of COVID, the one thing that we started off with as a church is to really, we've got to remember to connect with our people. We've got to connect with them. We've got to help them to sort through this and, and not feel alone. And I'd love to say we did a stellar job of it, Elizabeth, but we haven't. <laughs> There's been people that have made it abundantly clear that we have failed in that, um, that we've really missed the mark in it, uh, that we weren't, that we didn't pivot fast enough. Uh, we may have pivoted, but maybe we didn't do it fast enough. And so we, we try to wrestle through all of that. And, and I, you know, I've even had staff come into my office and share, you know, um, we, we think we missed the mark in this, or we're not getting certain things out of the key leadership. And I'm, and I'm having to remind them, hey, we've never done this before. <laughs> We've never gone through a pandemic before. We've never experienced something that's lasted this long. And so we, there's got to be a lot of grace. And so I've really appreciated the people that have really stepped up and, and continued to serve because our church is the stronger for it. Uh, and it may have looked a little bit different in what they did uh, and worked on more of who they did it with as opposed to what they did. Um, and then I think there are those that, that really COVID gave them the not the excuse, but the reason to just pull back. Mm -hmm. And we hunkered down, like even in our family, Elizabeth, I don't know, I, I'm certain it's true in your family as well. When our services moved all online, uh, we're sitting there with just our family and we're doing this. And at first it was really awkward. Um, and so one of the pivots that we made in our church was that we added some questions at the end of the service, just to allow some conversation within the people that are watching it. And that was gold for us. Like, I've got to say that I will miss that when we go back to in-person services. And so we're still trying to think, okay, what can we do that's different in that way? So the way we engage in, in COVID is, is very different. Um, and some of the people just used it as a, an, a reason to pull back and hunker down with just their family. And they haven't really stepped foot in our church. They haven't really reached out. Uh, some, you know, we've been doing a number of things to just try to care for our church family. Uh, and we have heard crickets most uh, in some of the cases, whereas others, people have really responded, hey, I'm struggling. I, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with feeling lonely, or I'm struggling with these restrictions that are making me feel isolated. And we're able to try to engage them a little bit more. But some of the people have not have lost that service muscle. And so it's atrophied. And I, I think in some ways, there's going to be a, a huge learning curve coming back out of this for those people who have missed it. And I'm certain they've missed serving, but have uh, really wonder what that's gonna look like uh, moving forward. So I, I think re-engaging those people is gonna be challenging for churches. 
Uh, it's going to be challenging for us. And it's already something that we're having to work on uh, intentionally. Uh, you know, we started this weeks ago, but we're even more so it's, you know, I chatted with the staff this week, said, we've got to have a plan, guys, this is what we've got to do. We've got to think through what this is going to look like. So I think, you know, there are some people that are serving, but the serving opportunities, like you talked about children's ministry. Well, really, <laughs> there is no children's ministry. We've got a few people that are doing some online stuff, which is great. But really the day-to-day, -day, the week-to-week -week ministry that we had where we had, you know, 20, 30, 40 people volunteering on a weekend, um, you know, we have three yeah. or four. And so we've, we've got to think through, and John's done a really, our children's director's done a really good job trying to engage new people to serve in a variety of different ways, even if it's dropping off, a, you know, a bag of books for the kids, mm -hmm. you know, that type of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because what you kind of were hinting at is those whose service was really a part of their life. It's part of their, almost part of their lifestyle, kept serving or they, they found a way that to yep. give back or to um, use their gifts uh, in the church. Um, but maybe those who where it was like a box to check or just a thing they mm -hmm. did, but maybe not as much a heart thing. And maybe I'm putting right. putting words in your mouth. But, you know, just following up on that kind of undertone that I was hearing from you, do you think that's, do you think that's true or how, like, what does that tell you yeah. about moving forward in, in engaging volunteers? Just curious. Well, I, I, I do think a couple things as we've chatted through Elizabeth that, that have come out, especially even in uh, just before COVID hit, we were actually gearing up a serving uh, component where we were working on uh, a serving profile with a bunch of assessments on how and where people are best suited to serve and where God's really created them. And it, that died off real fast, obviously, because there's no place for us to actually position them. Um, and so, yeah, I do think there are some people that serving was just a checkbox that, you know, I show up, I've, I, I greet, and it's all been great. Whereas others really miss that. And so they're trying to find other ways to engage people and, and, and encourage that. Um, but I, I do think that there are, there are people that love serving, like love serving in children's ministry, that there just was nothing left for them to do, right? Mm -hmm. So we do know that some people stopped serving because the opportunity stopped. Right. Uh, and so they, it's not because it was a checkbox for them. It's just that there's nothing really for them to do. Um, and, and so we've tried to engage some of those people in other areas of service. When we did some of the drive, drive through events that we started off in the fall, when we were still allowed to do those, like we did a, a fall kickoff, we did a, 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 a fall harvest type thing. Uh, we did some other things with, at Christmas time. We were able to engage a number of people that were not on staff that just came alongside and helped it. And they loved it. They loved seeing the people. They were so thankful to be there. Uh, and it made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And so uh, those are the people that I think really did miss it an awful lot. But I, I do think that there are some people that it will be really hard to re-engage because it's comfortable not serving. <laughs> serving takes time. It takes it takes time, it takes commitment. And when you don't have to do that, it's like, oh, that feels so relaxing, right? It's, it's like going on a cruise ship, right? It's going on a cruise ship and you're served, everybody serves you instead of you being a part of anything else. That's really what it's become more so is that people are just sitting around waiting for the encouragement, waiting for the service to show up, waiting for whatever, and, and they're not really engaged at all. So it's a challenge ahead of us for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because people have replaced it with other things. Like I know my family has, re we 
has replaced it with hiking. So we never oh. used, we never, we always served on Sundays at church and we never used to really get to go hiking on the weekends in the winter. And now all this year we've got, we've gotten to do that. And so I think every family has probably found those different rhythms and, and that's really going to be interesting. So I'm, I'm wondering like, what is your staff thinking? If you're able to share, are, what are they nervous about? Um, in regards to volunteers and what, you know, kind of going off some of the things you've said, what do you think are going to be hurdles for getting um, people back involved and filling those really necessary um, spots with people? Right. Well, I I think first and foremost, uh, most churches will have this experience. We have no idea who our church is anymore. Yeah, isn't that uh, true, huh? We, we have no idea, Elizabeth. We yeah. have no idea if we have 800 people like we did before this thing hit, whether we'll have more or less. We probably think that, you know, we've lost people through this uh, to other, either to other churches or to, uh, to just, you know, uh, more of an apathetic attitude of, you know what, I don't really need church. I haven't really missed it. So, you know what, it becomes less of their routine, mm-hmm. less of part of their life. And so they're just going to fade away. And so it's really done a lot of pruning for us as far as some of our people. So not knowing who's part of our church anymore is a huge hurdle. And, you know, I think for our staff, they're wondering, who do we have, right? Who do we have as part of our team anymore? Uh, Who do we have as part of our church to draw from anymore? You know, what kids do we have in kids ministry, let alone what volunteers do we have? What leaders do we have? And so I, I think there's a lot of uncertainty that is rate, that is up there that as we were sitting and chatting at, at our staff, we were just trying to think, we have no idea. And so our thing is then, well, we better find out what we have and who we have uh, before we start opening up. And so it's because a, a really a big second re-engagement of our church family where I've just tasked our, our staff to say, hey, listen, you've got to reach out to all your volunteers, see how they're doing. What, you know, where are they at? You know, because you'll find that some of them are going, hey, you know what? We're not actually part of Southridge anymore. We've, we've actually gone to this other church or, or you know what? We're, we're just really re-examining our life and we've really liked being able to watch the services online. And so we may not be coming to the church on site anymore, but we'll participate online. I'm, I'm anticipating some of that. Um, and so, you know, we don't know what the need is and we don't know the, what the volunteer need is either, right? So I, th- I think some of the questions that we have is, is to ask, you know, who do we have anymore? And, and part of it is, you know, our volunteers were people that were engaged before and we have really tried hard to keep them re-engaged. We've, we've sent gifts, we've sent uh, messages, we've sent, um, you know, emails, and we've reached out over the phone, we've tried to go to their house to drop things off, just let them know that they're not forgotten, that they're an important part of the church family. And so as a result, you know, we wanted to keep them engaged, at least feeling like they're part of the church. Um, I know that, you know, there are some that won't feel like we did that very well. And some that will say, hey, you know what? Uh, I didn't really feel like my church met my needs. I'm going to go to somewhere else. And so that's just the reality of of our experience. But we also know that there's a lot of new people that have started coming to the church, people that are already serving. We have one one gentleman who's never stepped foot in our church for an on-site service, but is now serving on our worship team uh, because he he engaged in our online services and is now serving. And uh, it, it was such a great thing. And, and so they just had a baby uh, this past week. And so we had a shower for them and 
nobody knows who it is other than that face that they see on the screen every now and then on the online service. But he's serving, right? Yeah. And he's, and that's he's how realizing he engaged. That that's how he engaged. That's and awesome. we know that when the services open up, he is, him and his family are going to be part of it. And yeah. so we've done some things like that. It's been pretty exciting to see that. We've had other people that are, are engaged in some of our discipleship classes that have never stepped foot on this property at all. Mm. And yet they are going through discipleship classes, whether it's life explored, discipleship explored, or gospel explored. We've got some online stuff that people have really engaged with that have really brought in people. And it's been pretty exciting. But I, I think for our church, the most nervous thing is who will we have? Mm. And so our task then is we better find out who you have and go to your volunteers and we know there's going to be a massive shift that some people are going to use this time of COVID to re-examine where they've been serving and maybe change where they're serving. Mm -hmm. And I think that's some of the stuff that we're going to learn over this next little while. And uh, I think some of the hurdles for people are, are, are really, uh, one is they really liked being at home, uh, enjoying the service. Like, I have to tell you, our family loves it. And so I we're going to miss that. We're, they're going to, we're going to miss that because we sit and we talk about the service. We talk about some of the stuff that we're learning through the message and you don't get to do that in the service, right? Once the service is done, you, you go into fellowship time and have cookies and coffee and, and uh, talk about, you know, what you're going to do this week. Uh, but so we're trying to think through what our services will even look like. Can we continue that engagement in some way or, or another? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I think there's been an element where, um, I, I think the opportunity for us is we'll have different volunteers. Well, we may even have more volunteers, but one of the things that we, we believe is true is that we have to help people know where they're needing to serve because we know that coming out of this, people are thinking, I don't, I, I don't know if I want to go back to that. Mm. You know, I've been serving in children's ministry or in youth ministry for the past, you know, 10 years, uh, this is an opportunity for me to explore some other areas. Yeah. So we've, we've created a different number of things that will help people understand uh, where God's really designed them to serve. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I was thinking as you were talking that like service, you know, in the church or outside of church is really like it's a marker to us, you know, that people are engaged in our church for one thing. And it's a sign that they're, in, you know, that they're, you know, moving along in their discipleship journey. And so um, it's interesting that we, it's just, it's just a challenge thinking about how that's going to help, how that's going to be um, coming out of COVID. And I don't know, I'm not sure what, exactly what I'm saying, but yep. it's, it's important, right? And we've yep. been missing that. And uh I know, like you say, your families love being at home and my family doesn't like being at home. And it might, it could be something that me and my husband are doing wrong, but no, they no. say every Sunday, oh, I just want to go back to church. And then I'll be like, well, mm -hmm. but you'll have to get up early again. Cause you know, we often do church in the <laughs> evening now and they, yep. and they don't care. They're like, I don't care. I want to get up early. So it's interesting when you think of that mm -hmm. big, broad spectrum of all different families kind of having these different experiences and what that's going to be like. But the important thing, really, you know, whether or not they serve is that they're moving along in their walk with Jesus, I think. Right. And that yeah. kind of service is a marker that yeah. they are um, in some way progressing or growing in their relationship with Jesus. So I know that's a part of your, 
your language and your, I mean, I go to Southridge, so I haven't even said that on that po- uh, podcast yet, but that is a marker for you guys. And I know for all of our churches, that's something that we look for to see that people are continuing in their walk with God. So anyways, I just think that that's going to be an important piece. And I know you, you do Paul in helping people continue in their walk with God. Any like thoughts on top of that? Yeah, one of the things is in our discipleship rhythm, we have a what we call discipleship rhythms, and there's five rhythms that we work through. One of them is serving one another, and that is that is one of the five key foundational parts. And we realized that in our discipleship rhythms during COVID, there was a number of things that we couldn't do. We couldn't celebrate big together, uh, but one of the ones is serving one another is harder. It, it wasn't impossible, but it was harder. It was one of the ones that that couldn't happen for some people because there was just a lack of opportunity. So for instance, you know, last summer, we had a, a, a local fire that happened in Langley where an apartment building caught on fire and there was a lot of people that were displaced. And this was about four months into COVID, four months into some of the restrictions and they weren't as bad as they are right now, obviously. Uh, so we put a call out to our church family and said, listen, we need help. And we know that, you know, we're not meeting together, but we just need your help because we got to come around these families. And there was about 100 families that were homeless. And so we rallied the troops and we had 100 people within uh, two days that said, I'm in, I'm in, I want to help. And so what we did was we, we, we used the opportunity to serve our community to broaden people's serving ability. Mm. And they weren't serving in their strengths. They weren't serving out of their spiritual gifts. They weren't serving out of what they loved. They just were serving. Right. <laughs> and so we were trying to find things that people could do to just rally around it. So we have, you know, that was a, a great opportunity. We were sorting clothes. We were, uh, we were doing um, fundraisers for these families with our Southridge Speedway program, where we had these pedal cars that we had. And we had a number of people that said, we wanted to volunteer. Your family did that. My family did that. We had such a great time just walking along with people in our community that were, you know, that were struggling and, and just needed some fun in their life. And so we provided some of that. We're doing that again this year. So I, I think some of the struggle that we have is that, that serving has to be part of our discipleship journey. And it's not, it's not a, it's not an option, right? Serving is not an option for when it's comfortable or when it's easy or when I have time. It's really part of who we are. It's part of who God created us to be. And so we're not going to reach our full potential as disciples of Christ if we're not serving. And that's the message that we have to now re-engage with our people because they have been sheltered and and secluded uh, and isolated from the church as a whole, I think, far too long. And so I think it's imperative for our church family and for others, uh, all churches, to try to think through how are we going to re-engage our people in our mission and how are we going to re-engage them in the discipleship process because we have been on pause for far too long. So I think that's something that comes out of what you were saying. I would agree yeah. with you wholeheartedly yeah. is that it has to happen from the from the core foundation of what disciple a disciple is really all about. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I feel like you actually clarified what I was trying to say. <laughs> I appreciate that, Paul. Uh, what about, what are you excited about? And what are your, what is your staff excited about? in terms of service opportunities coming out of COVID? Well, I I think one of the things we've talked about is that this is a complete restart. It's like starting all over again. Mm -hmm. And because we get to start all over again, we don't have to do things the same way. 
we believe that COVID has provided us some really great opportunities to do things that are different and to do things differently, um, that we don't have to do them all the same way. We know that coming out of COVID, there's going to be a group of people that are going to come back on, on campus and, and worship together and serve together on, in person. But we also know there's an offsite group that is going to continue to remain offsite. They're going to be part of the church. They're already giving. They'll never step foot in our church building, but they feel part of it. Like we've got people in Maple Ridge that are now part of our church family because of what they see and the, the fact that they love what's being produced for the children and they love how community is being engaged with and they love uh, just some of the people that, that attend our church. And so they feel fully connected, even though they're not even in part of Langley. Um, so we know that our church is going to look very different. So there's a good opportunity to start over again and to just reevaluate, hey, if we get to start over again, you know, for John and his children's ministry, what do you want that to look like? What, what, is, what are the possibilities for you that you would like to say, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore, but I think we need to do this. So for instance, one of the things is instead of when, and many churches do this, when the service was on site and it was happening on a regular basis, families would arrive and kids would check in and they would all sit in the service, sing a couple songs, and then we would dismiss the kids to go upstairs. And then all the rest of the adults and young adults were in the service and the kids were, and the families were separated. Well, I think part of what John is realizing is that even though there was some advantage to that, there's also some disadvantage. There's disadvantage in how do we help our families to, to be discipled together and to ask the same questions. And, and the service was never really designed for kids, but, but maybe there's some things that we can learn. So we're already thinking through, even in our youth ministry, our grade six to eight program, do we really want them out of the service or should they stay in the service? Right? There's some of these questions that are giving us opportunity to reimagine what ministry looks like. So that's the first thing I, I think that's really important. Um, I, I think that we're, I'm super excited about maybe seeing some of the people change where they're serving to give them a fresh start, to help them say, hey, we'd love to come alongside you and realize that you've been serving in this ministry or that ministry for four, five, six, seven, ten years, whatever, however long it's been. Do you still want to do that? And if you don't, maybe we can sit with you and, and explore what other options there are for you that will breed new life into some of the ministries that have really needed some new people in it. So I think that's been really helpful. And, and we're going to be using our serving profile that we have on our website and just sending people to this serving profile. So they look through their spiritual gifts. They look through their, their passions. They look through their experiences. They look through how God has shaped them for ministry. And they're going to reimagine what that could look like for them. And I think it'd be like a brand new start for them and engage them in a, in a new way. I think too, it will also reaffirm our people that are going to stay where they're serving to just say, Hey, we've really missed you. Uh, we've missed you. And we're really glad to have you back. And they're going to feel really appreciated because we're going to love on them. Like we've never loved on them before yeah. and help yeah. them to know how thankful we are for them. But that starts right now even before, and I want to talk about that a little bit later in one of the other questions is yeah. how do we, you know, how do we go about that process? But uh, when we just look at some of the opportunities, I also think it's engaging some of the new people that have come that haven't been part of our church, haven't served. And we're going to say, Hey, we need your help because we're starting everything up again. And, and we need a groundswell of new volunteers. And you may start serving where you're not super gifted in, but 
we're going to find spots for you to serve in. So there's lots of opportunity for us mm -hmm. that we are really excited about. And we're really looking forward to getting on with it and, and uh, pretty thrilled with that. Like hearing you talk reminds me of early days of Southridge because I've gone to Southridge for many years. And it reminds me of early days of Southridge where everybody was serving and maybe some of our, our smaller churches will relate to that where, you know, in order to make things happen, everybody is doing something. And I wonder if that's like the picture that we all need going yeah. out of this is that we need everybody. And that's really a picture of what the church is actually supposed to be, where everybody is serving, as you have said, in their gifts. And I was reading Romans 12 before coming on to this call where, you know, it talks about the transformation of your mind and then moves into that the body of Christ and everybody serving in their gifts. And then that verse, Romans 12, 11, never be lacking in zeal, serving mm -hmm. the Lord. And I was thinking of that picture. I don't know, that picture of everybody be coming back and having that zeal and having that fervor of serving the Lord wherever he is. And, and what if everybody engaged in that, whether you were a small church or a big church, and that picture and excitement going forward, kind of like that church planting almost experience again. Anyways, I just That's had true. that kind of vision uh, when you were talking and it got me kind of excited. So uh, I would I would agree, Elizabeth. I think a couple things out of that, too, is that um, this will be if we miss this, we're going to miss a very key time in our church to re-engage people. Yeah. And we don't want to miss that. And, and I think it's it's. I'm really glad you've you've decided to do a, a topic like this because I think churches need to know this is a tremendous opportunity moving forward to help people realize that they are part of a church that needs them mm -hmm. and everybody has a place to serve. And uh, it, it creates a new need as opposed to, you know, before COVID, everybody thought, ah, oh, everything runs through smoothly. They don't need me. You know, they don't, they're not asking for help. And if they do, it's like, ah, I don't really need to we are coming out of this and we're going, Hey, we're all starting all over again. We need you come in and everybody's going to come in on the same time yeah. and feel the same part of it, which is a great opportunity. I think the third thing that, that comes out of this as a, uh, that I'm excited about is that I think new ministries will start because of this. I think there's some new ministries because we've, we've seen what COVID has done with our online service, with our, um, the new people that are coming in, God's bringing new people that have new gifts and have a new heart for things. And I think we're going to see what does God have for us uh, in the midst of that. And I, uh, that's what I'm really excited about is seeing some of the new ministries that will start because of the new people that God's brought through the door. Yeah. And, you know, just the opportunity to be even more effective in our yep. mission to reach people for Christ. Right. And yeah, that's sure. so exciting. So yeah. you've kind of, you've mentioned a few things, but what are you currently planning for and how do you plan to recruit volunteers again uh, are you going to go back to the same way you've always done it or are you thinking of a new strategy and way of doing that yeah so basically the the way we have done it in the past uh, at least from what I've experienced in my short time here at Southridge and as most churches do if you have a need what do you do you put it in the bulletin you put it online you put an email out hey we need people for this um, I, I think we're going to do things a little differently this, this time. I think what we're going to do is really work towards that whole shape profile, the serving profile and getting people to, 
to fill that out and so that we can have a better idea, idea of how God's created people and shaped them for ministry so that we're actually serving in our gift mix as opposed to just strictly the need. Now, need is, is there. And so we know that people are going to need to, to step up and maybe in some areas that they're not the most gifted in, but they're just willing, which is great. We need those people for sure. But I think one of the things we've realized is that recruitment begins now. We can't wait for that, that time when Dr. Henry says, hey, you know, churches are going to now be able to meet together. We want you to come and, and be a part of that. Uh, we need to start doing this now. And, you know, we're anticipating that, uh, you know, at the earliest, a full opening will happen in the fall sometime, but there will be a gradual opening and that gradual opening already creates needs. So if we're doing micro churches on site where we're 50 or less, then we need to get some volunteers for that. So we believe that recruitment begins now, if not, you know, months ago, which we already started. So I sent our, our team, our, all of our staff going and saying, hey, in your ministries and the people that you volunteered, go reach out to them, not asking them for anything, but just caring for them. That's what they need to know. They need to know that we're not caring for them only because they serve, but we care for them because they're part of our body and we want them to know that we love them. So that's the first thing we did is, is that with our volunteers, but also with our leaders uh, and especially with our leaders. I've all the way through, I said, you've got to continue to re-engage your leaders uh, and help them to know that we haven't forgotten about them, help them to know that we care for them and recognize that COVID has caused a real challenge in people's lives. And so people are going to come back to church and they're not going to be 100%. Some of them are going to be uh, walking through the, this last year and a half has been a desert for them. And they have not coped well. They have not pivoted well in their own spiritual journey. And they're going to come back dry. They're going to come back weary. They're going to come back barely hanging on with a thread. Some of them have experienced divorce in their family over COVID. Some of them experienced loss of loved ones. Uh, over COVID and, and having not been able to grieve properly because we can't even do funerals anymore. Um, so recognize that our people have gone through a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety. And some of them are really struggling through depression and, and, and really are, are feeling the effects of isolation. So we've said we need to care for them. There's no way we're going to get these people involved in ministry if they're feeling broken or feeling, you know, uh, less than what God intended for them. So we need to start caring for them and, and identifying. So we've started doing that. Um, we've looked at contacting all of our volunteers just to, just to see what their summer plans are, where they're at, but also to say, hey, when things open up, are you guys still planning on being involved in this ministry? Or are you looking at something maybe different? Um, and I think some of those phone calls will cause us to realize that some people have left the church. They're going to say, oh, by the way, we actually don't attend Southridge anymore. Um, and we're going to bless them for wherever they went. We're going to apologize for whatever we missed in the process that, you know, we did. We're, there's lots of grace and we need to realize that, you know, as much as we wanted to do things perfectly, we just simply haven't. And so we've got to come along with grace and ask for forgiveness where we've fallen short. Uh, but we know that some people will not be there. And so we've got to get an idea, okay, out of the... 70 or 80 volunteers that you know children's ministry had we've probably got 40 or 50 that are willing to come back and serve and and maybe 20 of those are deeply committed and we're they're, they're ready to run through some stuff so we need to start re-engaging them about what does the future vision look like what what are we looking at when it comes to engaging families or 
like some of our ministries have done really well through COVID because they were allowed to. So youth ministries done really well. They've been allowed to meet still in person um, in smaller groups. They've, they've been able to engage on a regular basis. So most of those volunteers are still being used. And so we know that they've gone through a full year of, of, of ministry. And so we need to just encourage them and say, hey, ready for the when we fully open up and it's going to get even more so, hey, we want to really bless you and, and encourage you through that. Some of our women's ministries that, that have gone on and, and continue to use the online, they didn't love it, but they still did it. And they worked through Revelation. They've done some, some amazing things to serve one another and care for one another. So we know that some of the ministries have just carried on, like even some of the men's ministry. So re-engaging the leaders and volunteers long before the church opens up again is imperative. We've got to have a plan. And so ours is let's phone them. Let's, if we can meet with them. So I've got our uh, community groups leader, uh, our pastor there, he's meeting with all of the community group leaders in person, uh, whether they go for a walk or however it looks to just let them know, Hey, we're, we want to, we want to see how you're doing and engage them. Um, I think it begins with, uh, not just reaching out for them to check to say, hey, are you coming back, but to care for them. We know that these people are struggling with their own walk and we need to just find out where they're at and find out what through the summer we need to do to, to bring them back into a healthy spot with God, or at least in the, that kind of traje trajectory. Um, we need to determine what roles we have, right? Sitting down in our ministries, what, what roles do we even have? Some ministries will shut down. Some ministries will not come back because COVID helped us to realize that the way we were doing them was not the most effective. And so as a result, we're going to uh, revamp those, retool them, reimagine them, uh, or just get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's the idea. What do we need? Uh, and having a, a time where our leaders sit down and think through that now not when things, you know, we need months to plan for this, not just weeks. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, and then just having regular contact with them from now until when things open up is really important mm. to not help our people feel like they're projects or we just want something out of them, but to genuinely care for them and nurture them and equip them for what's coming back. Because I think there's the sense of loss will uh, I, I was reading or watching a podcast with um, uh, Kerry Newhoff and uh, Rick Warren. And one of the things that Rick Warren said that stuck with me is that there will be a tsunami of grief when our church churches open up again. And I think one of the things I'm helping our, our staff realize is that you are going to be grief counselors in lots of ways to help people walk through some of the stuff they're working through. And they will, they just don't have, have no idea. Our people have no idea what's going to happen. Um, and so we've got to walk through that. That's, a, that's, that takes time and, and we, and we need to equip them for that. So that's what I'm, I'm doing is equipping for them, but also then uh, gearing up for how do we engage some of the people that are new? How do we engage some of the people that are uh, trying to do something different in their serving opportunities. And that's where we're using our serving profile big time. So we've already got a plan over the next, in June, we're relaunching our, our serving profile and our next steps, uh, helping people go, okay, we need to have you really seriously looking at where you're serving. And, and even if you're serving and you're happy, do the serving profile just to make sure that, that, uh, 
we have on track, what your spiritual gifts are, what are your passions, what are your things, so that if new ministries start up, we're going to let you know, hey, you have this gift mix. Here's this new ministry. Are you happy where you're at, or would you like to help us with this new ministry? I, I think there's some tremendous opportunity that we're trying to work through on that one for sure. I love how much you talked about caring for people coming out of this, Paul. I mean, that, that's one of the things that whoever meets you loves about you, that you are just genuinely caring and encouraging. And I think, I think we all need to hear that, how much we are all going to need that uh, coming out of whatever this is going to look like, right? And so um, having everybody just aware of that and being patient of that. Um, but that's, I think, what's kind of scary too, right? Because there are still real needs um, going to be there. And so that's, I guess, the unknown. And that's the same problem maybe we've always had in filling needs is that God, we have this, we always have this thing that God's calling us to. Um, and then, and so we know we're usually trying to follow God and whatever we plan in our church, right? And then we're trusting him that he's going to provide the people and the resources we need to do what he's given us to do. And you know what? That's not going to change coming out of COVID. That's the all. same as it was before. He's still going to give us the people, the resources to do what he wants us to do. And he's going to want us to trust him in that process. And I think he's going to want us to live out that value of caring, really caring for one another through that as well. So thank you so much yeah. for your heart in that. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be really important because I, I think some things that we do with our volunteers is once we get them fitting into a position, we just leave them there. And, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, it's really hard not to feel used <laughs> as a means to an end instead of, hey, you know what, you're doing this not because we have this need, but because this is part of your discipleship journey. Right. right. It's to remind them this is not it's we're not filling a need. We're actually helping people grow in their walk with God through serving. Uh, and once you start doing that and, and really John is our, our kids director and he gets this. And so he's actually really relying heavily on our spiritual gifts inventory to zero in on people where they need to serve. And it's, it's causing him a lot more work to begin with, but I think in the end, he's going to be far stronger for it. And his ministry will be strong, far stronger for it because he's got people that are there that God has designed for, instead of just plopping people into positions where, you know, it, it meets a need, right? Which is yeah. what we tend to do. It's interesting, right? Because there's such a balance in that because some people, most, I found that the best, um, equation really is that most of your people are serving out of um, commitment to the vision because they believe yep. in what's happening and they're excited about it and they want to follow you into that they kind of want to follow into that future with you um, and then but then you also have those people who do gravitate towards filling a need and that is actually what is important to them so I don't know it's all it's all the usual I think some of those usual strategies are going to be important the vision's important yep. knowing what your needs are is important and that emphasis uh on what people are gifted at so it's great great to hear you uh, talk about that paul um you've talked you know any other you've kind of talked about this but are there any other key strategies or mindsets um you're thinking about 
as you try to fill these volunteer roles. And I think you've kind of mentioned that, but maybe have some other ideas about that. Yeah, maybe maybe what I could do is just you know, uh, make it a little bit more simple to understand is, is one, when you're, again, you're not filling a position, it's, you've got to work the discipleship model that you have, whatever your church is doing to disciple people serving has got to be part of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think sometimes we think discipleship is just helping them grow closer to God and helping them in their day-to-day study habits and reading God's word and praying, right? We can simplify it to that, but it's so much more than that. We know it's so much more than that. It, serving has to be a part of that. And so I would, I would really encourage people that if they, if they have a discipleship model that they're following, or even if they don't, they should probably start thinking through that. And I know the fellowship provides that uh, discipleship models and, and uh, programs as to how to de- develop disciples, is that that's probably the biggest strategy for us is going back to that. Again, not going to just the need, but going to the discipleship uh, of serving together, because it, it it's only one part of that discipleship. We've got to also make sure they're working into their own uh, healthy spiritual journey, right? So we know that follow Jesus daily for us is really important. Is how are we getting our people to get back into God's word? Because we know through COVID, some people have left their Bible on the shelf. So part of that, before we even get them to serve, is to get them back into God's word, get them back excited about what who God is in their life. And it's, it's understanding that we, we need to fully comprehend a full picture of what, where our people are at, not just, hey, great to have you back here serving. It's, you know, that may be a really bad thing for some of the people because they're not, they're not healthy. They're not where they're at. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the strategy is, is what is your discipleship pro, uh, pattern or program or rhythm? Uh, I think that's really important and working out of that because it's not an either or it's a both and it's all of those things functioning yeah. together uh, in a healthy way. So one of the things we've done is, you know, even in the midst of, of this, we're starting to plan some mission, short term missions trips in, in next year uh, and getting people excited about that and recognizing that even in the midst of that, uh, and I'm hoping and I'm praying that those things can happen by by 2022 is that there's going to be preparation that happens for those teams. Well, part of that preparation is, is getting them back into God's word, helping them be in community, help them to feel like they're excited about something that, that God's got a call on them. And we already have probably 50 people already signed up for some of our short-term missions and we haven't even advertised it in, in, a, in a way. So I, I think there's some ways to do this that will be really, really helpful. But I think if we can work out of uh, the idea of, how has God gifted people to serve? Like some people have the gift of service. Like it's a fairly general sense of a spiritual gift of service. Well, you know what? Those people we've reached out to, hey, we need some people to deliver some things to homes. It's an act of service. Would you be willing to do that? And people are so excited to do that, mm-hmm. right? Even now in the midst of COVID, they're excited to do that. Um, and And some people have the gift of teaching. And so I'm pulling them in now to start saying, We've got some things that we want to do in the fall that I hope will be in person, but might be online. Would you be willing to help us in that? And we're already using them to, to, to work through some of that stuff. So some of the strategy here is, you know, be thinking of what our needs are, but, but also that whole discipleship part is so very important because I I think it will help us in the long run, not just to fill positions, Mm -hmm. but to see our church strengthened and to grow in the midst of that. So. 
just some things there to yeah, think through. Yeah, so that it just it flows more out of their relationship with Christ, yeah. and exactly. they're rather than out of a sense of duty or you know legalism or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I, I know that I've been in situations where I've had immediate needs, and my first reaction is I just got to fill these needs. Um, and I get that. I've been there. I know what that's like. And sometimes you just have to put the fire out <laughs> so you can get, keep moving forward. But I, but I think, you know, we've got to use these next four months, three to four months of, you know, where we're not really doing a whole lot and use that time very wisely to, to not have to get ourselves in that kind of situation where we can do some preemptive stuff that will help us to move forward when we do open up in a greater way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right, Paul, I just really appreciated so many of your thoughts today, especially I really want people to hear that aspect of care and really listening and understanding where people are at and not just trying to get them working. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to have to to do that, but uh, having it come out of a place of love for God, love for each other. Um, and service uh, to Christ, I think is going to be pretty key and really caring yeah. for, pe for people through the changes and the process. So thank you for that. If yeah. you could give any final encouragement to leaders who are listening, what, what would you want to say to them? Um, I think more than ever to the leaders that are listening, more than ever, the church needs you. We need to lead through this time um, because it's, it's, you know, I don't know too many people that went through the Spanish flu in, in the turn of the century, um, but we've never seen anything like this before. And we need you to step into that and recognize that you may feel ill-equipped. You may feel uncertain of what you can contribute. You may feel so many different emotions in that. But we really need you to help us lead through this because our church churches are looking for leadership and we're thrilled to be able to pull you in and we want to lead with you in that. So I, th I think in that sense is, is to, to not shy away from this, to not be overwhelmed by it. Whatever you can do to move the ball further down the, the field is going to make all the difference in the world. And I think sometimes we can look at this as an insurmountable task that we are overwhelmed. And sometimes if, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but when I get overwhelmed, I do dumb things, right? Or I do nothing. I become overwhelmed by being overwhelmed and I just stop doing anything. And I, I think there's been moments in COVID where I've sat at my desk going, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so I don't do anything. And I, I think at this point, we are at a spot where we have to move forward. And whatever leadership, you know, whatever role these leaders are in, whether it be pastoral leaders or ministry leaders or whatever it is, is just to be sure we need you. We need you to move forward. Don't be afraid. God has got, gone before us. It's like that call that, you know, uh, God gives to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, right? Be strong and courageous for I am with you. God's with us in this. This COVID thing was not a surprise to him. And he's got some amazing things for the church to do coming out of COVID that I think are going to be absolutely uh, foundational moving our church forward and making an impact in our community. So don't be afraid, keep moving forward and God's got it. And he's going to get you through this as well. Thanks, Paul. I feel like I needed to hear that. 
And it really reminds me of our mission of Fellowship Pacific, which is to leverage the collective strength of our churches to have a God-honoring impact in BC and Yukon. And so don't forget, you're not alone in that. Don't give, we don't want you to give up. And there is other leaders, there's the ministry center, there's people like Paul who are there, who want to work together, who want to encourage one another. So don't feel like you're alone in this. But uh, yeah, like Paul said, keep on going. We need you. Thanks, Paul, for being here today. Hope you have a great weekend. Take care. Thank Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope our conversation today was helpful to you as you prepare and plan for the relaunch of in-person church. And if there is anything you need help with or support that you need, please remember that our team here at Fellowship Pacific is here for you. To find a full list of the resources we offer and to get in contact with any of us, visit our website at www.fedpacific.ca.